Maybe we should talk about what we've been doing. What have you been doing? <sighs> Nothing. We're uh, just quick. Interesting note is that we are two days away from being fully remote as a company for a month. So March 16th was the first day that we went fully remote. So we're a couple days away from making it. Yeah. It was definitely a mad scramble. I can't remember how much we spoke about it on the last podcast, but just a quick recap on that was, I think we saw it all coming at us, but it seemed to accelerate, didn't it? It was like accelerating, accelerating, accelerating. And it was like the Thursday before we went remote, it was like, I kind of took that decision. Yeah, we're going remote. And there was definitely people in the office, I think, that thought this was an overreaction. On the Friday, we had pizza, didn't we, with everybody outside. So there's probably about 12 yeah. of us outside. And then by the Monday, we were remote. Actually, I think I think Ben Marks's interview was that same week that I got ill. Actually, thinking about it, it, it was. I don't I don't remember exactly what day, but I just remember and I, there was a catalyst because you and I had been talking back and forth about going remote, and then something happened on like that Wednesday, and on Thursday it was a very quick decision. It was like we should do this, and it was just yup. It was a quick catalyst to say, all right, cool, let's just go fully remote. And then it just seemed to accelerate from there. I mean, you know, I just want to say. Um, thanks to you really like you know i think at the time said it's a hard thing to go through as a millennial right i think a lot of people out there were saying you know well the gen x are most well equipped to deal with this and everything else but i know from personal uh, first-hand experience i'm not sure the gen x are that equipped to go through this the the shock of what's happened to us has definitely hit me very hard as a company owner especially and i know you know you're as much invested in this as me the reeling from what the hell happened there that reverberation affected that i think it's even continuing to this day I, I definitely think the new normal is coming more normal but i just want to give you credit i mean whilst i was i was ill with you know what we believe was covid19 and you know i never had the test i would say every symptom matched and it took me down even now i feel like i'm still recovering from it like you held up the company and and the team and Largely millennials uh, held this company up and are holding this company up right now. So thanks for being there, boy. It was a fun couple of weeks with you fully offline. I'll tell you what, those are weird decisions. And, you know, it was, I don't know. I, I think it's definitely something I'm going to look back on. And, you know, there's a couple of days of this that I think I'll never forget. Yeah, no. And I think, I mean, I kind of like think about small businesses, right? And, you know, we're a small business, right? We have, I don't know how many bloody people, 35-ish, you know, but, you know, we're a small business and like just trying to deal with that and not knowing the impact. Like we, you know, we've been trying to kind of describe what was going on. And it's interesting to see how other people are kind of analyzing this. Like Joe Smith from BuzzLabs, I was talking to him and he, he said to me, um, it's like a car crash. And it literally did feel like that. It was it was like we kind of saw it coming, but we didn't realize it would be that hard a hit in terms of the kind of impact. And then you're kind of looking around and going, what the hell is going on? And, you know, different people do different things when there's a car crash. Like some people will run around and start helping and other people are just sitting there in shock and, you know, like struggling to cope with it. And then you've got bodies and this, that and the other. And I think as a business, like it definitely felt like that to start off with. And you're kind of having to make really quick decisions about what you do and how you protect it. And as much as, you know, you understand like things like the finances, the company and stuff like that, you you're not really taking into account, well, what would happen if I lost, you know, this amount of customers or what happens if this shuts down or that was the big thing that I found, you know, really difficult to deal with and, and with the staff as well. And, you know, we we made some decisions around some furlough, you know, because the company 
company changed position and we looked at salaries and we I know me and you sat down and had a hard look at what the unemployment benefits were and things like that and we made some decisions there just to lean up the team a little bit and you know we're hoping that we can bring those guys back off furlough soon I know in the UK it's uh, the situation over there makes it easier from a furlough standpoint and also like you're just looking at emotional health of some staff and whether or not they're up you know for really working through these conditions and stuff like that but it's just so many factors that me and you and, and others have had to take into account so it's not something that we expected to go through right i was talking to i think it was rob long i was talking to about this where i said that this is something that they don't teach you in business school you know this is these are situations in uncharted waters that are never covered in textbooks or there's no one to really say like hey dad tell me about that last pandemic you went through so there's really not a no, there's not there's not great reference points for it so a lot of it's figuring out as you can and it's you know trying to make the best educated decision you can based off the piecemeal information that you get because there's not you know a single source of truth on some of this stuff it's really like because remember we were sending blog articles back and forth and youtube videos of people explaining things just trying to figure out you know just try, try to get an idea of the picture so it was definitely I, I think the closest thing I think would relate to this is this could be completely wrong is I guess when you're like on the coast and you know a hurricane's coming, like you hear it on the news that like, hey, there's this thing that's looming and it's coming towards you. And like while you're in your house, you can choose to like stock up on stuff and do things like that. But it's really about how you want to react to that. And then the fucking hurricane hits and, you know, everything's turned upside down. And I think like, you know, each of us has our own differences like you know I would say that you know I was kind of standing there with my binoculars kind of seeing this coming and and kind of raising the alarm you know as you know as a CEO you kind of got to raise the alarm right and I think you know inside the company like just people just dealing with it differently and and you're going through different stages like I was reading about this around like you kind of adrenaline's really pumped up from what's going on and you know like you're wide awake like I remember the first week of it I was like hardly sleeping you're just on full alert, complete full alert. And then as you kind of going through it, you know, like things settle a little bit and then you're kind of trying to deal with the situation a bit calmer and stuff like that. And then the stage that I think I'm, I suspect I'm in right now, which is just this utter exhaustion, right? Because we've exerted so much kind of brain energy into the situation and trying to understand it and trying to, trying to figure out things like you say that we've never, nobody ever taught us about this, right? It was just, fucking crazy is all i can say and uh and then trying to find the stability you know of the situation so i think it's been good that we've had me and you have kind of approached this in different ways and i think in a way like it's strangely complemented each other you know like you've you've been there kind of steadying the ship and keeping the guys moving and having that stability for them i mean for 28 years old you're a bit like a father figure to him which is kind of weird one of our employees does call me dad, and I'm not really sure why, but that does happen. Yeah, it does? Yeah. One of the support guys calls me dad sometimes. That might be the closest you get to being a dad with this situation carries on, because you ain't got much <laughs> chance of a girlfriend situation improving right now, mate. I'll take it. I have a, I have a good son. He's, he's, he's good to me. He takes good care of me. I'm only <laughs> a month older than him, so it's a bit confusing. But, you know, if you don't look into the family tree, it's a bit different. I think one of the things though that really worked, and this is something that this is something you just said off the cuff, and it's something that like I've put in like the footer of emails and company and management announcements, was you just randomly said this to me and I wrote it down as soon as you said it. And it was when we were still in the office and you said your obligation and our plan was to act early, plan early, and plan to overreact a little bit. Mm. And it's the 
it's the one thing that people ask me the most about. Because like in the company, people will say, you know, like, hey, what did Karen say for this? Or what did you say for that? But the amount of people that were asking me about that quote of act early, plan early, plan to overreact a bit was insane to the point where it was annoying that I just wanted to like set my status as Karen said this. But it was kind of the kind of the mantra that we kind of went on. And, you know, you and I both had a different path to get that. But I think that was kind of at the center of what we both were going after. Like you were acting and, and others and team like Jane as well, like acting is a bit of a buffer for me. So like that allowed me to kind of be a bit more kind of wilder with these are the worst case scenarios that I see. But then us to be able to kind of put some, what's the word, softening around that so that that didn't all come down to the team. Like I know personally, like I stepped back from doing some of the team meetings for a bit just so because I'm a very direct and truthful person and when the shit hits the fan then I kind of can't not display that on my face so I think that that was a it was probably good that I got really ill to be honest so that I could step back and <laughs> and then uh you know last last week we had a team meeting and I, and I sat down and we went through with the team you know where we were on financials and everything else and like some of the protection measures that we're putting in and the reasons for them and we've had to you know, the company's in great shape. I would say almost surprisingly. Feels like we're in the Battle of Waterloo and we're the only fucking ship that never got hit. But Did you knock on wood? What? Did you touch wood, as you say? Cause, yeah, okay, touching wood right now. Like we're, you know, like, we're managing to stay on top of it. I mean, we're definitely seeing a bit of churn and people wanting to go and hold. It's not been too bad. And the, the sales team's just been excelling, like Jared and Devon you know, decoder in onboarding. I mean, do you see the you see the rock stars in the team and they're all rock stars, right? Like they're stepping up. Like you could you could go through like the support teams keeping keeping it rolling over there. We got a new support manager that come in, what, three weeks ago? You know, and he's he's walked into the fire and then Heather's joined us and Brandy. Brandy's crazy by the way. In a good way, crazy. But she's definitely crazy. And Heather as the head of marketing, right? Marketing director so they, they've walked into this situation and uh, the way people have reacted, I think, has been commendable amongst the team. As we all know, like really uncertain times, you know, we can't even go outside our bloody door right now. Well, yeah, I went outside today and I got told I needed to put a mask on, which I had a mask really? in Austin. Yeah. So as of yesterday, we're extended until May 8th and you have to wear a mask. So I have a mask. I had it in my pocket because I took my contacts out. So as I was walking around, it was like fogging up my glasses and I was walking alone on the street. I was like, oh, this is fine. And then this cop on a bicycle like stopped and was like, hey, sir, you have to have a mask. And I was like, oh, sorry, I do. I just took it off because it was fogging my glasses. And then I was like, I'm really sorry. And because I was like, fuck, am I about to get oops? Sorry. Did you get arrested? Like, no, I thought I was going to get a ticket. I was really nervous. I was going to get a <laughs> ticket for not wearing a mask when I have one in my pocket. And so I just put it back on. So. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely very weird outside. I, I went back to my apartment and thought, you know what? I'm just going to stay in here for a while. All right, I've been married 23 years. You've got to get out sometimes so I can say in my defense. <laughs> Decided to take the dog to the dog park down the road because, you know, where's the risk there? There's no one around. It was apart from that, people stroke the dog and or whatever, right? But uh, anyway, I took him down to the dog park and people weren't wearing face masks anywhere I went. That's difference in like downtown and not. So I, yeah. I could see like walking around like the, the grocery store below me, Royal Blue, which shout out to Royal Blue. They're amazing. A little pricey, but definitely amazing. You know, they they take really good care of their staff and they had masks and they're selling like bandanas and, you know, they're they all had masks about, on. 
Yeah, they all had masks on. You know, they've been every time there's been a preventative measure that's been like announced in Austin and even one, you know, kind of nationwide, there have always kind of been a few steps ahead of it. So, no, they're selling like bandanas and things in there like that. And they're trying to find like local Austin companies that are making masks and selling them there. So they're taking it. They're doing a good job of, you know, helping out the the little uh, sleepy street I live on. My local garage out here in Hill Country. I may have may not have been in there today and I'm not, not admitting or denying that. That's the first time I've been in there, actually, since we shut down. That even the people serving food did not have masks on. So I was quite surprised. That's really, that. I don't know. It's so weird. I mean, 30, 30 minutes away from each other, that's the difference. Yeah. No. But I mean, I'm also, cond- I'm, in a, I'm in a dense area. Like, I'm like, you know, the part, oh, yeah. the part of downtown I live in is considered a dense area, much more dense than where you live. So that people are, you know, I, I think, and I only see the little piece of sliver that I see, but I feel like people are taking it relatively seriously. Yeah. I mean, you have to where you are. You're what, 20. What is it? Twenty three floors or something? Yeah, twenty twenty two floors. Twenty two floors. Yeah. I hate to inform you, but that's a bit of a trap, like for viruses going in the, in and out of those lifts and stuff. So on Fridays we try to order local and like just from like a different local restaurant. And our Uber Eats driver was like, "I'm not going in your elevator. They're effing gross." And he was like, "Clean." It's just that all the people are in there touching stuff. And it was just the funniest thing to me ever. <laughs> the way the guy was like, just like brutally honest about being like, "I don't want to go in your gross building." And yeah it's not a gross building it's not a gross building it's a really nice building it was just really funny the way you said it and i was like that's ah, actually really fair I'll, I'll be right down it's definitely interesting times i mean what can you say i mean like what's what's encouraging i suppose is like we've been looking at the figures on site traffic and stuff like that and been monitoring you know where where our customers are and what they're doing and we're going to put a blog out on this soon find it kind of good to maybe talk to you know some of the things that you know seeing spikes right now and and how we see business moving so i have a stats and i did just share them with you and we did only just look at this just before we come in here i me and jane have been sort of trawling through you know nearly every couple of days just looking at where things are and how they're moving because i think once when we first locked down like the the general ignoring the stats and everything but i think the general consensus was all right how how do i live now so I know for us in the office, it was like ordering some desks and making sure people had equipment and seeing how people could work from home. And, and then also very much around the essential items side. And I know we've got a janitorial site. And the first week that this all kicked off back in what March, the, the we saw it kick off, that site went crazy. I mean, they were up something like 5,000%. But interestingly, they then run out of stock. <laughs> They obviously didn't plan forward on that one. Their site traffic they went met down again when they they didn't have any stock coming in. But what have you seen like outside of these stats that you know you you see going on in terms of how people were purchasing and how they were purchasing at the start and stuff? So I think at the start, and this is kind of this is not looking at our stats. This is talking from other you know e-commerce agencies and partners and other people in the space and the ecosystem was one of the big things that we saw people kind of dip out immediately was kind of like the luxury goods and like the, like the nice to haves, like the, I don't know, the stuff you get in like Instagram ads, you know, talking to some agencies that really focused on like the lifestyle vertical, we'll call it. Cause I think that's what it's actually called. and might as well use the right term. You know, that was definitely a dip there, but I know from speaking for myself and like the millennial category is I think once the initial shock of like two or three weeks and it's like, okay, I'm still gainfully employed. I have an understanding of what my footing is. You know, I, the amount of people that I see on my Instagram feed that are like, got myself a little something and, you know, it's people spending money and buying like that lifestyle stuff. And it's like, you don't really need this. You don't really like, why are you buying it? 
I think that's where it's changing. I think like well, after we come into that kind of lockdown, it was you know all about toilet paper and oh yeah, exactly. You know, like, like people toothpaste. were only focused on that stuff. Yeah, they were focused on like what the absolute essentials were that you needed, and not and not going off this American list of like what's an essential business, none of that bullshit. But like what you actually need to live. Yeah, and that's what all people were spending money on, and people were you know squirreling away cash and saying like, okay, we're not going to do this, we're not going to splash out on anything. And I think that's the one thing that I've seen in probably the last two and three weeks of looking and talking to like the merchants that are coming into like, you know, onboarding and sales and the ones that like we're talking about in standups. I think those companies are starting to kind of see bounce back a little bit and be like, okay, yeah, no, people are ordering CBD lotion again because we're all stressed out or whatever that stuff is. I think that there's obviously different types of people and you know, you just got to acknowledge the amount of people that are furloughed or unemployed right now and their lives are, you know, it's a different life right and it's about the fellow stuff about you know hibernating and and hunkering down and you know just trying to ride this out and and keep cash in the bank and and pay your bills right and we know that if you look at san antonio it's something like one in four working service industry industry and i i would hazard a guess that another one in four probably work in construction or or that kind of area so the food banks over there have been inundated and kind of got to acknowledge that that's going on and we're in a privileged position right and a lot of the people that we work with are in that position as well and i think what we're going to see is like a move to people sending a lot of gifts i know that's something that's been top of my mind right like how can i send stuff to some of my you know good friends over in the uk and family and stuff like that i think that'll happen like you say buying those little treats i suppose to try and pep you up a little bit and and we're all we're online a lot more i mean the reality is we do have more time now to shop we're not traveling we are working but i wouldn't say i don't know we're not doing anything outside like it's not like you're going down rainy street on a friday and saturday night there's time to browse the web right exactly and people are saving those few bucks like i looked at this and i'm not like the best example but like I have saved a lot of money in the last month because there's no bars to go to. And it's like, I've spent this money in other ways and saved more because it's the whole like, what the heck is going on? There's like an ebb and flow here. And I'm definitely not saying that like all millennials are like splashed with cash, but like the amount of people that I know and like my little sister is a great example. I always talk to my little sister if I ever need like a reality check, like anyone I recommend talking to like someone who's 21 and younger, just on like a semi-frequent basis because it's very funny. Like our, our lives are vastly different. She's been upset because she can't go get her nails done, but her big thing is she, she bought herself like four bath bombs. And so she's like, I'm going to take a bath a week. That's going to be my way to treat myself. So people are like doing these things and like those weird little lifestyle things are kind of, you know, creeping back. But there's definitely the verticals, I think, that are, you know, the ones that are kind of surprising to me that kind of spiked up. One of them that you have on here is like home improvement. And I think that's a lot of the people, like a lot of like the people with owning homes are like, you know what? It's time for me to get that weed eater and, you know, clean up the backyard. So that was a vertical that was, it kind of surprised me, I guess I would say. But at the same time, it made sense. I think there's two reasons for that. Speaking from personal experience, I suspect that there's a lot of people that travel a lot and they're now at home. So that's a motivation, right? Like, why don't we do this and get family involved? I know there's a lot of college kids at home as well, and I'm, I'm sure that they're trying to get them involved. Like, from my angle, I'm pestering my husband like crazy to do our backyard. And now I'm here every day and can make that comment every day. He's getting a little bit more motivated to do it. So whereas before, you know, it was like a, a conversation once a month. Now it's a little a little nudge every morning. Oh, what are you doing in the backyard today? 
I suppose what he is is uh, divorce or, or do the gardening. So they're, they're... <laughs> a leaf blower is a little cheaper in most cases. Well, yeah, and I suspect there is also that angle. I mean, we had a team meeting today, and God, I thought my marriage was dodgy. Should have had some of those people talking about this. You know, escaping out into your backyard is probably a good idea right now. <laughs> yeah, a little manual labor sounds better than well, yeah, precisely. next to the same person for a few more hours a day. <laughs> I gotta get that leaf blower, I think is exactly. the is the, the, the thing there. The other big thing that we've seen uh you know, on the stats, if we if we start talking to those a bit more, do you call it apparel? You know, like clothes and, and stuff like that. That definitely dipped massively, especially in the UK. Like we were we were hearing that was sort of eighty, ninety percent down, like even online, ignoring bricks and mortar. I know that like Next, which is a really big clothing company over in the UK, a bit like I suppose H&M kind of, you know, that, that kind of size, but they shut all their stores and they actually shut all their online. And I don't think that there was the demand there for them online, but they have now reopened this week their online offering and got their warehouses back up and running, which is fantastic. I think that's good. So the apparel definitely took a hit. I know I went on to Macy's the other day and bought a couple of pairs of I don't know what you call them, jogging bottoms? Is that what you call them? I bought a tracksuit bottoms because, you know, I just want to feel a bit more casual at home. And I think that's where... Home sweatpants. Yeah, no, I think that's where, like, the clothing stuff is going to pick back up again. But, like, what are people going to buy? Like, I've seen all the... I don't know if you've seen an advert on TV for the... Is it men's warehouse? Like, suits? I mean, who's going to want to buy a suit, you know, at this point? I don't know. That seems I don't weird. have cable, but I know what men's warehouse is. Yeah, it seems weird to me. It's a great advert, but I just don't understand why... Unless they're going to do massive sales and people are going, all right, I'll buy these in anticipation of getting back to Wall Street sometime soon. That That's weird to me because like I should wear suits a lot more because at conferences and stuff. But like I would not be like, you know what? Because like I'm like I am like most other people just going to like sit here and gain weight. So it's like, why would I want to buy a suit right now? Because like this is like <laughs> me my this is my COVID-19 weight I've got and I hopefully <laughs> won't have this. And then then I'm going to buy it and it's not going to fit because I'm just going to keep this weight with me. Like screw that men's warehouse. No elastic pants. Some people are getting dressed up at home for for all kinds of reasons. But uh, I have seen some people where, like, for Easter Sunday on Facebook, they were, you know, getting pictures taken in their back garden and stuff like that. So they're finding a reason to get dressed up with, with nowhere to good. go. So That's good. Yeah, maybe that, you know, like, if you had a wedding anniversary, you would go, all right, I, I don't know. I do think that there's a price for things as well. Like, if you look at, I was looking yesterday at the car market. So Google Trends is fantastic, by the way. Audi in Google Trends, like that drops off a cliff in March in terms of the searches. So, but I reckon that that'll upturn because people are going to be looking for bargains coming out the backside of this. So, oh yeah, you know, they're going to be going, all right, what, how, how cheap is this going to go? And they're already offering like 72 months, I think, interest free, deferred payments, you know, for up to, you know, three, four months and sometimes more. So I think that there's there's a sale price, right, that starts motivating people to buy. So it just depends whether the companies can drop to that. The big verticals that we see, like, like looking at this this diagram that we've got that we'll, we'll get on our blog, but gym and fitness just went through the roof, right? That's one that definitely makes sense because I think that to talk about the COVID-19, 19 being the number of pounds you gain, uh, there's a lot of people trying to combat that. And so like, I know some people that have bought, you know, like exercise bikes, kettlebells and all kinds of stuff. So that, that one didn't really surprise me. That one made sense. Cause I think that we are kind of in more of a health conscious era in 2020 and we're still close enough to the beginning of it where people still have their whole sort of like new year, new me, I'm going to lose weight sort of thing or get healthier. So there's definitely an aspect to that. Yeah. I think like now top 10 sites, like something like four or five of them were gym equipment. 
you know, and associated with that. But that wasn't that was before that was after this happened, right? Because I know oh, yeah. we had some we had some pretty good sized gym companies, but we have some other verticals that like are absolutely like other websites are absolutely crushing. They, some of them were in our top ten, but they they weren't yeah. sitting where they were sitting. Like that just went crazy, and that's that's interesting. We have to talk, I want to talk about that offline because that, that I I've got some guesses on that. And I don't think yeah, they're going to be right. I can show you some of those offline. Yeah, some you know some people were saying to me it was like Black Friday. I mean, just the traffic coming in. But you've got to remember, I mean, like your condo, right? You've got a gym there. Mm-hmm. Like Alec goes to that who, who works with us. Well, it's closed now. Shut. So, yep. so anybody that's using that on a daily basis, like what are they going to do? So you can run down a towpath. What do you call it? The trowel? Yeah. You can run What down did you call the, it? The towpath? Yeah, that's a towpath in England. Topaz is a stone in America. It's a stone? Topaz? That's what it sounds toe like you're saying. Towpath. P-A-T-H. Yeah, I know. I know, I know what it's supposed to be. I know it what a like topaz topaz. is, and it's not what I'm saying. Been away from me too long. We need to get back together. I got to get my British hearing back. Yeah, you know everybody else, right? Like, so you either go out running on streets, or like you start buying weights, and you know this, that, and the other, right? That one made a lot of sense. Uh, which, so which ones of these kind of like jumped? Like the fact that tobacco products has like jumped through the roof was one that I was not expecting to see when you, sh- when you shared yeah. me this graph. But I reckon if like, you're on the, I guess it makes sense. Cause if you're just going to like sit around and smoke cigarettes. Yeah. I wonder who that is though, because is it cigar companies that we've got there? I don't know what that is. So we, it's, we have a, we have a pretty good amount of cigar companies that uh, are doing things, but I don't know if they're selling like other stuff or what, like, I don't, mm, I don't know. I, alcohol. Can't, I can't really see like a PPE tivit pivot there alcohol one didn't surprise me yeah alcohol is like up what is this increase in site traffic over 200 percent. yeah that doesn't yep. surprise me at all i was actually trying to buy um a bottle of something or other for a guy that i know really well and get it delivered in canada could i get that no online really struggling with it i think my only option now really? is to ring up like a local liquor store i might actually delegate it to you because i think you're much better at the gift game than me Oh, I can sort that out because I've been sending I've been sending booze to people. I got you on that. Oh yeah, and I'm very very crap. I'm actually very shit at online buying. I don't really do a lot of it. Yeah, food nutrition. So that's kind of to be expected. You know, people going they can't go to the gym and pick some of that up. And then the other thing that we saw was like outdoor and rural stuff. So this is mm-hmm. kind of you know tractor kind of equipment, anything used on farms. And then outdoor wear, like the survival equipment and stuff like that, that went through. The- that went through the roof. I looked at that. I went on to, I logged onto a couple of specific customers' dashboards and looked at analytics. And I was like, wow, we are moving product folks. Like that was a good time to be there. And if you look at it, there's actually something on liquor a bit further down. I didn't see it until now. But if you look at the alcohol side, the big thing that's up the most is spirits. It's like, that's crazy. It's up like, what, 800%? What do you Jeez. want to do, sit around all day and drink beer? Or you just want to drink a few shots and then, you know, pass out on your couch. And it's like Groundhog Day. One of my friends, like, because I cut Lloyd's hair at the weekend. Did you see my haircut? Put it on Facebook. No. Oh, yeah. I cut Lloyd's hair. It was great. This, the trick was drinking alcohol during it because it made me more confident. And uh, You got to get rid of the shakes. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, just drink alcohol, get a little bit drunk, and then just go for it. I was talking about this online to my friends and basically we all, we're all in agreement that being an alcoholic right now is is another five or ten bars up above where it used to be. And if you want to drink every night, go for your life. 
I don't think you can knock people. I think we're in like a, so there's a couple like since Texas said that you can legally get like to go liquor with meals. Yeah. I think that was kind of like people letting their hair down going, you know what? Light alcoholism is cool for this month. I didn't really want to drink to start off with while I was ill. So I didn't really want to do anything to yeah. start off with. Now I'm definitely going to taste for it. I don't really drink alcohol at home. I'm not really a big, I'll drink around people and at parties and stuff like that, but I don't really drink alone. I've started drinking, you know, basically I'm a fucking alcoholic at this point. No, I'm not. So what per- what percentage are you do you account for in this then? What do you mean? So the spirits is up like 700%. What's your percentage add to that then if you're drinking alone now? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I don't really drink spirits too much. I'm not really a big drinker. People think I'm a big drinker, but I'm not really. I, I had like three cans of beer on Sunday and that's a lot for me. Mm. What did you have? On Saturday, none. Sunday, on Friday though. Su- oh, Sunday, no, I didn't. I didn't oh, Friday. What did you do on Friday? Friday, Friday was the first time that I became inebriated since being locked in my apartment. Really? Sounds like, like pie. It was. It, it was a two-man wrecking crew. It was. It was fun. It was the first time I woke up the next day and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. This is how how bad you feel on Saturdays usually." Do you wish that you lived in you know a place where there was you know a multi-share like five or six of you, or do you think it's? Uh, not really. I don't know. I, I that not really. I think that my friends that live in houses with multiple people, all they're all like hating each other, and it's like Survivor. Mm. It's like they're like banded together, and they've been like we're trying to vote at such and such out of the house. I think I think if it's just two people, and it's just kind of like, eh, this is fine. Yeah, I do think it's quite interesting the dynamics of all that. Like, I was yeah. actually, I always say that a secret to a great marriage. Well, I have lots of secrets, don't I? Right. So, one of the things that um. You know, stops me from getting divorced every year. When we go away on holiday, me and my husband Steve actually get on quite well. So you know, the day-to-day stresses of life, like we, you know, everybody has their arguments and stuff like that, and feel like killing each other. When we go away on vacation, we we get on usually pretty well, and and actually, it's kind of going that way now. I mean, apart from the occasional wanting to kill him, we're we're, we're working it through it, and we've worked out <laughs> where our spaces are in the house, and he's. He's respecting my personal space, and I'm respecting his. I reckon if your if your marriage or relationship is not tight, you're gonna work that out through this, and that's what they say about China, isn't it? Like divorce rates massively up and stuff like that. Anyway, going back to <laughs> going back to flowers and garden, florists were down, but I think that's one that's gonna spin around. I think Absolutely. people are gonna be sending flowers, but right now, like I don't know what that percentage number is there, but it looks like ten percent down or something like that. Like you said, like garden supplies are up and hydroponics, is that how you say it? Hydroponics, yeah. Hydroponics. Is that how you spell it? No, it's pH. It's pH, right? Yep. Hydroponics. Um, that's up as well, so everyone's growing weed at home. So that's good to know. <laughs> I mean, why else would you do that, right? Just to grow stuff indoors. Just to grow stuff in your house. And then if we look at food and nutrition, uh, interestingly, like if meat and seafood, which one's higher without looking? It's got to be meat. Yeah, massively yeah, like, higher. So like seafood's up like nearly that's that's a stigma around that. Meat's up nearly six hundred percent. The stigma around that is meat lasts longer, and if we're going into like fight or flight mode, you know they probably want to be like, we want some meat because we can just put it in the freezer and stuff. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but then the food's just more of a treat. Like meals, you know, like ready meals and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. we've definitely seen an increase. It's up maybe. I wish we had the actual numbers, but we don't. We just had this weird graph. It looks like it's up just under a hundred percent. But if you look at ice cream, I mean, shout out to Jenny's. We have a few ice cream people, but Jenny's 
Genesis one. Who else have we got? We've got that university. What are they called? Uh, Penn State Creamery. Penn State. We have a few, don't we? Um, but Jenny's is definitely in there. Yeah, we've got a few. But as a Jenny's man, yeah, Jenny's, Jenny's is that's your Jenny's favorite. is my go-to. That's my go-to. Overall, they're up a lot, like over two hundred percent in traffic. I don't know. That doesn't speak specifically to Jenny's. I'm sure they're up much more than that. Well, they're doing a really cool like local delivery thing too from their scoop shops. So they're doing a really good job of pairing brick and mortar with e-commerce. Like they're one of the companies that I think that have kind of blended it pretty well. Yeah, that's good. Last couple of things. Like interestingly, coffee, which I would have thought would have been up there with ice cream, not as much, right? Like not as much up. So don't know why that is. A lot of our coffee sites are already big players anyway, right? So I'm not- Yeah, I was going to say they're already pretty busy. So I think, yeah, they're already pretty busy. And I think that it's just kind of an add on. I mean, I think a lot of these people, I'd be interested to kind of pair it with their their retail orders as well to kind of like get like an overall view of it. But like some of the people that we know, and I think the interesting thing about our coffee is, is we do a lot of their B2B stuff that they're new to doing B2C and it's kind of new endeavors. So to see that up 100% on kind of a newer thing, I think that's going to be one that if we if we snapshotted this and then we did it again in a month, we'd see it, it would continue to grow. Got to be awake to work at home. Yeah, for sure. Like, I was just looking at the gym stuff again. Like, Jen's broken all this down for us. When she breaks it down, like, weights and CrossFit style stuff, like, that's the stuff you can do at home alone. That's mm-hmm. massively up. Like, Australia, especially, like, it's crazy. Like, we've got a site over there that's up to 2,000%. If you look at aquatic, I'm assuming that means scuba diving gear, that's down, which surprises me because my husband wanted to buy tank and the and the mask to go down shops with so surprise that's down <laughs> boxing also down which actually i find that surprising as well because i would have thought you could do that in your garage yeah but i feel like it depends on what they sell so like i think that like if their overall sales are like stuff for a full-on gym the, the yoga one being down i find is interesting because i would assume that would be the other way because like you can do i mean you do yoga wherever and then the breakdown on tobacco there's a lot of vape stuff so everyone's probably getting pestered again by their partners to stop smoking so that's what they're, they're probably buying it for their partners. There you go. The the toys and hobbies one, I know this is a topic we haven't gone over yet, but I found a couple of really interesting things is that it, when we first got into this quarantine, I'm an anti-puzzle person. My stance hasn't changed, but we were joking about ordering puzzles and we had a Shipper HQ customer that sold out of every puzzle they had and they had to take their website offline because they're just trying to deal with all the orders they got. I thought that was really funny and I thought that was really Well, cool. puzzles are like, you may not think it now, but when you have children, puzzles are a really good thing to do. Like one with the children when they're younger, like little puzzles. But as you get older, like something that you and your partner can do to distract yourself from the children ignoring you. So puzzles are great because it feels like you're having a family game and they come over occasionally and just pat you on the back and then walk off. That's what teenagers do. I don't like puzzles because when I was a kid, my brother used to like make a conscious effort to go in and throw away like four puzzle pieces from a puzzle. It was just like something he did. And I didn't find this out till later in life. But like, when I was a kid, you definitely get a puzzle. Like, Here, shut up. Here's a 200 thing puzzle. And then I'd always be missing like three pieces. And then my dad would be like, well, you lost them. And he was like explaining to me the value of a dollar. And then I found out my brother just would throw them away. He would just like walk by, grab two of them and throw them away. So like I was just like, so puzzles are very soured to me from that bit of a gitty thing to do what's well, an older brother yeah that's true i do, do i probably so. did something to deserve it so i, I can't I, I don't i don't say that but I, I i don't know what i did but i there was obviously something i did i think you and alex should get a puzzle i might send you one i don't think we'd do it actually i've got one here i could just wrap it up drop it off the doorstep <laughs> be cheaper yeah so 
interesting stats are, and this is this to me is really interesting. Obviously, being a Brit, the the highest one that we see in changing traffic is is England, Great Britain. Sorry, let's include the rest of countries. That's surprising to me, because England buys a lot online anyway. So the fact that they've had that massive increase, but I think it might also be symptomatic of the fact that they went into such a major lockdown that caused them really have to resort to online. But what's been really interesting to see over in England is there has been some consumer backlash to buying non-essential items. And, you know, obviously from our perspective, we were a bit worried about this and the impact on our merchants. It seems like that's leveling off now. I mean, I think there was some worry about the exposure to delivery drivers and also... Mm -hmm. Could the delivery drivers keep up with the essential goods? And I know there's definitely been problems around the grocery market. I mean, you can't get a time slot. I've been trying for my friend to get a time slot with Tesco's and you can't get one of those for love nor money. So they were like you could get one three weeks out. But I don't know if I'm going on the wrong time of day. But oh, my wow. Th- yeah, my friend can't get one either. So you can't even get curbside pickup. You can't get delivery slot or anything. So, And then I think it's Sainsbury's has made it so that they're actually checking who you are and prioritizing those oh, that wow. are vulnerable and elderly. Yeah. So I don't know how they're doing so, that. When you go in and you enter your address, they must be have some data on ages or something like that. So I have two things. One thing about England I find really interesting. The other thing is a shout out about America. I did a I did a webinar with Sarah Wilcox from Screen Pages, and they have we have a mutual customer of theirs it's called Donald Russell. They do meets and things like that. And one of the things that I found interesting was for them is that they had kind of that overwhelming, overwhelming amount of people. So they put a queuing system to get to the website to like help do that. So they could so they could qualify and help, yeah. you know, like elderlies or people doing like that. And I've never really heard of, you know, an e-commerce company like that that wasn't like a full on delivery shop. You know, putting a queuing system there, I know, is like for like clothing drops and Shopify as frenzy. Yeah. But I thought that was I thought that was really, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to have to do that. But the other thing that's like quite interesting is like. Like my friend, she's got two kids. She's a single parent and she can't actually go out to the shop with the children. But she's got nowhere to put them because they're both under the age of 10. They can't legally stay at home. Um, so what she do? She sit them in a car or she can't get a delivery. So she's kind of stuck. Got time to each other. Yeah, but she's not in that vulnerable category. She's staying out of contact with, you know, a lot of her family is like doing stuff that means that they're more exposed. So she's staying out of contact with all the family. So she's kind of stuck. Like she's she's basically she told me the other day she counted the number of dinners in a freezer and it's about fifteen or something. So she's yeah. gonna she's just gonna go and do that and then try and figure out a time slot. So in America the traffic's up, right? Like so it's up what eighty percent? What do you get from that? Yeah, just about yeah, eighty something percent. I think I think you're gonna see that continually to continue to rise as well. Yeah, I think so. But what's interesting here is like we can still go down the road and it's been, would you say actively encouraged? I would say actively encouraged. Like going to restaurants and getting the takeout. Absolutely. All yeah, that kind the, of stuff the, is encouraged here, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially, I, I think Austin's a very local driven and it's all mm-hmm. really about kind of like the uh, the artisans and that's a really big part of the culture. But no, I mean, I like we're going out of our way to order from places we've never even eaten at because it's just like, oh, let's try to help these guys out. So I think that it's definitely... You know, it's being celebrated. I mean, Uber Eats is doing a thing where you can do a straight donation to the restaurant that they're not taking a cut of it when you place an order yeah. now just to try to get direct cash into the company, yeah. I mean, into the people's food. I think that's commendable. I mean, I saw that Uber Eats did like a zero delivery, I think, now. There's a few companies out there that are really stepping it up. I don't know if Uber's in that or not, I don't, like, but I did see that the other day and thought that 
good on them for doing something. I don't know about you. I've always been a little anti-Amazon. I'm a big believer in the small merchant and, you know, Mm -hmm. like keeping towns alive and running. And I've been preaching that kind of talk for a while now. I mean, I was up Mm -hmm. in Dallas talking to FedEx just like six weeks ago and was kind of... We spoke in IRC about this like two or three years ago. Yeah, and like it's something that's very dear to my heart. Like I'm a big believer in community and we spoke about on the podcast, right? That spread of Mm -hmm. wealth, as it were, like... and. And I think that that's like really showing its colors right now and what's going on with, you know, some of the bigger companies. And that I, I personally see that there is more of a rejection of the, the big monoliths. I think I think there's some companies that are doing pretty well out of this and, and rightly so, like HEB, you know, which is a massive company in Texas, you know, is hiring yes. like crazy and, you know, bringing in restaurant food and stuff like that. That's commendable. And then you're seeing that also, like even Walmart, right? Like I think that, They've come out of this um, looking pretty good right now. I don't know what you think about that, but you know they're keeping, keeping these employees going and everything else. I don't know that Amazon's really doing all that it could do. Like I, I, I seem to remember hearing something like Jeff Bezos could give everybody in the country ten grand and he'd still have, you know, something crazy amount of his wealth left. And it's like, come on, guys, step up. And we spoke to Amazon Web Services and said, can we get any reductions here? Because you can buy a service, you know, a year up front and get reductions and stuff. They can give out discounts, right? Mm-hmm. Like nothing. And yet, you know, we've approached some of the smaller companies, like, you know, shout out to Chart Mogul, for instance, and just said to them, look, if we can't bring this mm-hmm. bill down, we're going we're gonna to close this off and write a script to do it ourselves because you're just not worth it right now just to try and look at all that costs and stuff. And, you know, they gave us a reduction. But, you know, I think that shows the difference between... The different companies that are out there. If I know? can give a reduction at Shipper HQ, then Amazon can for sure do it, give a reduction. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, I, w- I will say in fairness to them, they did give me a solve in their eyes, which was you move to a different form of invoice, and then that pushes back your invoice to a thirty-day, you know, payment. And well, I, that's nice. You know, so it's but I was kind of like, thing. screw you, basically. I've never been a big Amazon person. I've I've never I don't ha- I don't have an Amazon account. I use my sister-in-law's whenever I need to get something obscure that I can't find anything anywhere else, but. I just want to go back to one of the grocery stores and just kind of give them a massive shout out is HEB. I love them. My my mother is 60 years old and she is a she is a director of a hospice and she's kind of paranoid about going outside. She's definitely in the at-risk category. She smokes. But I set her up with Shipped before everything went to lockdown so she could order groceries and things like that. And Shipped is now like really backed up. So there was a paywall, there's a subscription around it. So it was kind of a way to be like, okay, mom, I know you can get groceries for this. But she'd been trying to get a curbside pickup at HEB and she falls under the senior category and she wasn't able to get it, but they're doing special things for healthcare workers. Mm. So now my mom can get groceries because she can do that. And I think that is just like, yeah. well, she told me yesterday, she was like, Oh, I got great news. I was able to get groceries. Cause you know, HEB did this. It's just, yeah. you know, I don't think, I don't think Texans really realize. And as people are listening to this are going to be like, what the hell is HEB? I don't think we really realize how good we have it. And you know, yeah. I don't think for no, they've been, HEB, listen, that's it, the thing. Like some companies just, Showed is that people show their true colors in a situation. Like oh yeah, this, right. Like Absolutely. for sure. And I know on Twitter, for example, like I've unfollowed a lot of people that previously, you know, I respected, and uh, and I, I've seen some of what they're thinking about and where their headspace is and stuff. Like that. And I'm just kind of like, I'm not with you. I'm not with where you are. I don't think you're reading this situation well. Like it's the same on LinkedIn, right? There's people that are still trying to do the heavy sales pitch and stuff like that, and it's like. Fucking get real, people. For once in your fucking life, put down your sales manual 
and join reality. You know, people have sent me stuff on Messenger and LinkedIn and I've told some of them where to fucking go, you know, because I'm just like, time is not right. Fuck off. I don't apologize for that, you know, and the the VC people and the sales pitches, I think are a bit annoying. And I know there's a balance there. I mean, because I mean, I lead a sales organization. There's a different way to do it than the way that some people are doing it. And it's just very, very annoying. I did have one guy that emailed me who was, I don't know what he was, like equity venture capitalist. And he emailed me and he didn't pitch at all. And he just sent me some information about the payment protection loan stuff. And I actually replied back to him and thanked him. And I said, thank you for sending that. And then he just, you know, replied back and went, no problem at all. If you need anything, let me know. And that was it. And I thought, you know, that's what we need, right? We could really do with some of this information coming away and like how investors see it and everything else. If you do that now and don't try and go in for, you know, the kill now, you're going to find later on, like, we're going to respect you and look up to you. And, and I don't know if we'll ever do business with you, but we certainly won't. Yeah, exactly. But like, if, if you, if we ever did, then it's like, oh, well, you know, we had a good interaction with someone. I think there's like a, I think the best thing you can do is have like, there's a camaraderie here that we're all kind of trying to figure this out together. And the companies that kind of like get it and are just trying to help out. I mean, like we gave away our, we're giving away, uh, you know, the free store pickup, things like that. Like there's a camaraderie here that it's, you know, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. If your websites don't get orders and I don't get paid and it's the whole sort of like understanding how can we be symbiotic instead of kind of shoving things on people's throats. Like, that's the thing that people need to be. It's just be human. No, it's interesting. I haven't spoken much about offline to one.com. We'll pick it up on the next one, but that's been really interesting to run and, and get running and basically to help offline businesses, you know, get online and pushing out some marketing on that. Um, it's up and it's running. And if uh, anybody out there, you know, knows of small businesses in their community that, that need to get a store or need help with their store, then, you know, send them there. And I will say, you know, if anybody out there needs help with shipping, you know, and getting that going in the checkout, like we are, we are doing a lot of uh, free offerings on ShipperHQ. Like we're bringing out some stuff around that and they have stuff that we're doing ad hoc with people. But uh, feel free to, to drop us a line on it, right, if you need any help. And it really, you know, that's not a sales pitch. That's uh, me genuinely saying that, like, we want to help, you know, and, and I'm sure you've seen it. That's a film, Pay It Forward. I think that resonates, you know, so much right now. Like, I, I more than ever, right, like we need to support each other and, you know, I said this on LinkedIn about, you know, leadership, right? We need we need good leaders right now. And when you can step up and lead, do so. You know, if you need help, then then lean in and, you know, lean on others to help you. And I think it's going to ebb and flow about how we need to support each other and, and, and get through this. But the one thing is, like, let's make sure that we're not arseholes, you know, like, especially those of us that sit here in a, a better position. I think it's time to sort of, you know, reach out and, and try and hold other people up. And, you know, I hope that as a company and, and, and stuff that we can do that. There's there's definitely harsh decisions, you know, that, that have to be made. And we're making, you know, I think we're all making those where necessary and keeping, you know, your head's got to lead your heart a little bit here. But, you know, where there's opportunities to help, then, then let's try and grab those as well and just make sure that we're we're aware of that, right? Oh, yeah. No, I think I think it's well said. I have nothing constructive to add past that. So I, I don't think this wanna, is pretty good. You don't want to say, you know, anything else. There was something I wanted to finish on, but I can't. I'm, I'm... So when it's all over, fuck are we going to have a party? Yep. I, I, think, I, I think that it's going to be a... 
I don't, I don't know what the hell to expect. Honestly, I don't know what like this. I think everyone's like local bar areas are going to explode. I think the e-commerce people are going to explode. I think there's definitely like some serious boozing in the future for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I agree. I think every single aspect of society will change and you know they say right like if you lose a, a parent young right there's a there's a commonly held belief right that if you lose a parent young that like, it's terrible right a terrible terrible thing to happen but those people often to go on to be quite successful in life because they've uh, faced that adversity got through it and they kind of have a bit more of a, a kind of I don't know if it's carefree is the right word, but their attitude changes to how they look at things like risk and stuff like that and how much they kind of gamble. I think that's really true, but I think this event is going to change everybody's lives. Like just like 9-11 changed a lot of people's lives. And I think that like when I take my kids down to the beach the next time or, you know, just down to Top Golf, right? They're going to appreciate that so much more than they did six months ago that's kind of for the better of, of society and the better of the future generations that are coming through as they say like there's a sanitization aspect to to this COVID-19 around the environment right the fact that you know the earth's getting cleaner and everything else and you've just got to hope that the governments like look up look up in the sky and notice that you know things are getting better because we're not flying planes and this that and the other the pollution's cut down and and that has some positive effects as well I kind of say to my friends that I've got some friends in the charity space and some friends in the art space and you know like one one of my friends in the art space was just devastated by this like she's a dancer and she just said you know what can I do and I was like mate just you know survive right now that's what you need to do and then and, and then get with your art mates and and you know go play in a party because when we come out the backside of this we're going to want the arts more than ever and I think the the theatres will be packed and the events you know eventually you know when this gets back to normal i think you're going to see the biggest bloody party ever in vegas week in week out i don't know if people will be looser with their cash i do think that people will be more aware of the good that their money can do and that they should be spreading it maybe a little bit more in terms of charities and yeah spending i think is going to change don't you think, think like the, the habits spend. yeah what's important changes right i think it's going to be buying experiences not you know, I think people say that a lot, but like, I think that's going to be true. Cause like, I know a friend of mine who's never really traveled abroad, who has a passport, just booked a flight to in November and was like, I'm going to, I've always wanted to go to Switzerland. I'm going to Switzerland. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I so think I think that's what happened. Investing in that. Yeah. Well, me and Lloyd have already got a little plan going. So we've decided, well, I said we should get a Cadillac and just drive around America. Just me and Lloyd. It's a bit like Thelma and Louise kind of thing but not off the, don't drive it off the side. not off the side of a cliff at the end of it but um but then lloyd was like and he's 13 he goes mum we don't need a cadillac we need a vw camper i was like now nah, you're talking boy that is definitely your son well yeah so uh that we've got some plans and uh you you were talking about going over to italy at some point yep i'm gonna go go see the family over there once they're all out you know i've got to go see them and then I'm going uh, somewhere where I can't get cell service for a while. That's I'm, I'm going back to Central America at some point. That's my that's my guarantee. I'm going to disappear for a while and just to get rid of it. But then I'm going to go visit my family over in Italy. The, you know, the ones down in the south, they're uh, they're doing good. And then the family up in Milan, they're doing okay as well. So definitely want to go see them and give them some American cheer. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, I look forward to that day, don't you? Oh, I'm 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 really excited. You know, I I some of my my aunt, she's much older. She's uh, now living in America indefinitely because she's in, in her 80s. So 
I don't know. I think I think that the country is going to kind of change for us a little bit and kind of like what it means. But I think it's important to to get over there and see what's going on. Yeah, for sure. Well, we look forward to that. I definitely look forward to re-engaging with, you know, certainly the Magento community and, you know, even stuff like Shopify Unite and the Big Commerce Partner Summits and, you know, like Dreamforce. I might even want to go to that again, you know, like last year. I was like, never again. It was too many bloody people. But I'm still probably not going to go to that one, but I, I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> well, yeah. no one was, that, there's just too many people. Like if they just cut that in half. Then yeah, but there's just too many people. Yeah. So we what we could do though, like I'd like to do is just go and join like any kind of poker tournament in Vegas. Like just the biggest party basically in Vegas. That's where I want to be. Truckers convention and then go out. <laughs> go out go out with all the guys from the truckers convention. Yeah, any anything to do with any like party conventions, you know, where they sell like poker cards. <laughs> Oh yeah, we could go along and pretend, you know, Shipper HQ to set up the websites and the shipping and everything else. But on the side, just go out and party with those conventions. Just go find which go find which conferences are the funnest ones. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, but you know, Jared said the sanitation conference in Dallas is pretty fun. Yeah, that's a hard pass from me on that one. But uh, <laughs> and maybe like, is it some? I, I won't I won't name names, but some of the logistics conferences. You know, some of those are fairly interesting as well, but I suspect they might change. Like, I tell you what, party I would like to go to FedExes because those guys they know how to jingle a little bit. They're, they're doing a pretty damn good job out there. So, I have to keep that one in mind next time people ask me about events. If it's a FedEx one, I'm going to go to it. Oh yeah, you did. I went. I went to FedEx Little Party. Yeah, those guys have got some personality going on for sure. All right, let's close it down. No, I think this has been good. Um, I'm going to yep. close it here. Do you reckon we covered everything? I, feel I think like. so. I, I can't think of anything we, we didn't cover. We covered the stats. A little bit on offline to on. Maybe we could have done a little bit more yeah, on that. Yeah, we could have done more on do that, but it was just too I late. think we could do an, I think you could do an entire like quick little snippet about it like later. Let me push stop.